PR Connections Radio presents Welcome to the 15-Minute Mediator Podcast. My name is Nancy Gabriel, and I'm the owner of Mediation Around the Table. As a mediator, I help people in conflict come to their own resolution. I do this by facilitating conversations between the parties and asking questions that require them to actually listen to each other. Candidates for mediation are people who are more interested in coming up with solutions than they are in being right. If you think I might be of help to you in your situation, I encourage you to visit my website, mediationaroundthetable.com, and learn more about the services I've been providing to the Southern Nevada community since 2012. Thank you, and stay tuned for the podcast. Hello, I'd like to welcome you, and I'd like to welcome my guest, Miko Hargit. I met Miko many years ago at a networking event, and then I ultimately helped her with a custody situation, and um, we've become friends and have you know hopped in and out of each other's lives ever since. Um, Miko has an interesting journey, and we're going to talk today about self-care through big changes. So Miko, say hello and talk to me a little bit about how you define your journey, whether it was in parts or one giant leap. Wow. Well, thank you, Nancy. Um, diving right in, I think it's a combination of both. Sometimes even a small leap feels like a pretty big leap. But I think there's that initial, uh, there was an initial realization to me, uh, for me, where it was, you know, um, towards the end of my marriage, when I was, we were having one of our final conversations, and I realized like, wow, I need to understand myself better, because my whole identity revolved around my relationship. And that was how I saw myself. And through those eyes, I saw the world. And so that kind of, that was the initial like moment where I realized I needed to take a look at my own self-care through a new lens. And figuring out who you are. And, mm -hmm. and I understand when you say you looked at yourself in your role as a wife and a mother, um, that was my situation too, because I lost my dad my mom and my husband in a 22 month period. And at that time, or af right after that time, I thought, who am I? I'm no longer a daughter and I'm no longer a wife. Who am I? And so tell me what steps you took to figure out who you are. So that's a great question because that was the question I had asked myself, like, well, how am I going to do that? You know, uh -huh. if if I'm looking at myself through other people's lenses, like what, what does it look, how am I going to do that myself? So what I came up with was that my senses are mine. You know, my, like what I see visually, um, what I hear, mm -hmm. uh, those are, those are, you know, those are personal to me. And so if I based my, if I kind of based my awareness around my senses uh -huh. and how I made sense of the senses, <laughs> then I would, I would at least be coming from the most personal um, place that I, I could think of. And real. Uh, 
and real. Right. Right. It was, you know, not what someone else was telling me. This is who you are. This is, you know, how you're supposed to be, or this is, you know, any, anything external. It was like, and it, and it actually even beyond the thoughts I was thinking about what I saw and what I felt, I realized that the things that made me laugh and the things that made me cry were were things that were touching me so deeply, like even beyond the linear thinking. Uh-huh. And so I could kind of use that as a, a gauge of like who I am, like, you know, the things that give you the belly bumping laughs yeah. or, or the things that just, you know, are tear jerkers. Like those are very personal to you, Sure, you know? Sure. And so that became kind of like my, my ultimate baseline. Like how does, what am I seeing and right. how does it make me feel, um, you know, in a, an emotional way, but then even you know, all the steps leading up to, yeah, to yeah. crying or laughing. you're clearly comfortable with dealing with your emotions. Not everybody is. <laughs> I, I feel like, uh, like I had to be because I got to a point where um, I just couldn't, I almost felt like I couldn't trust my thoughts anymore. Like whose thoughts are these? Are they, you know, where am I getting them from? There's so much conflict. And so I felt like I had to, I had to go into the primal part where it was uh-huh. like, just, just me, you right. know? Um, and, but it's, you know, it's a work in progress too, because sometimes the feelings are so overwhelming, but then I keep reminding myself, like, all we have is now, like time is a series of nows. Yeah. So how am I in this one moment, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's really true. Cause we're not promised anything. Um, so, you know, in the process of figuring out who you are, you came up with this concept of self-care and how self-care can be fun. Tell us what, how you got from point A to point B, if you don't mind. I know this is a personal journey for you and a personal question. So share what you're comfortable sharing. So, um, so are you asking like, uh, how did I develop this concept of self-care? Yes. Or and for myself. Okay. So self-care, I realized part of understanding who I was was going to be how did I take care of myself? And I had I it dawned on me that part of me seeing myself through other people's lenses were was that I was developing self-care based on other people's self-care. Ah. And so you know, so it was kind of tricky there because it's like, yes, I'm doing it for myself, but I'm not doing it for my own reasons necessarily. And so I thought, well, what, what, what am I going to, what's, what, what am I going to keep doing? Because, mm-hmm. um, I have this little thing that I say to myself, like easy and fun gets done, Yeah. you know? And so I, I needed to make it something that I was going to do. Yeah. And so after assessing, you know, like, what have I done consistently over time, no matter what, I realized for me, writing was one of the things that is important to my Mm self-care, like, and, and writing from like, you know, from the depths, like, so stream of consciousness was something that a, a type of journaling that, that has been consistent with me where it's easy But it's not just, you know, sometimes maybe it's like, oh, I don't feel like writing or something. But the fun part is that I kind of put on and this doesn't require anything but your mind. I started Uh to kind of to create the story and allow myself to just play with reality a little bit. Okay. 
I'm going to circle back to that, but I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, when you started to say that um, you were, you were, I, I'm sorry, I didn't jot down your exact words, but what I wanted to dovetail into is in mediation, we talk about, especially in feedback, we talk about what worked, what went well, and what needed improvement. And I think that's the same sort of positive spin you're putting at, on your journey is, you know, what's working for you. Is, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Good. And so I want to, um, you, you know, you were talking about creating this alternate world and all, and you mentioned something to me when you and I were preparing for this podcast. Um, you're smiling. So, you know what I'm going <laughs> to ask you. Uh, I'm just going to let you talk about it. Uh, about the fun part. Yeah. Um, so well, go ahead and ask me a question right, right. to get me started. You used, you used a term called Mikoopolis. Okay. That's yeah. what I want to ask you about. It just, it just brought me such joy that you've created this world and you've, and you've named it. So tell us a little bit more about that. So Mikoopolis um, is the name that I came up for, came up with for this sort of this alternate reality that I would use to frame my experiences. So, you know, it's, it's not, it was more, it just started with an idea that this is the place I go where, when I'm not comfortable with what's going on in the real world. Okay. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's sort of fantastical for a long time. It was just a little, like it, there was just a phone booth there and we don't even have phone booths really anymore. <laughs> so it was just kind of like, I don't know where this came from, but like, whatever, I'm going to go and make a call to my future self or whatever. And, yeah. uh, and it was just sort of that, like starting to look for the playfulness in life and look for the magical, you know, um, sometimes they say like, you shouldn't get into magical thinking and stuff. I kind of reject that. Like, I feel like the more magic we can bring into our lives and the more playfulness, the, the more life we actually have access to like life source. And who are they anyway? Right, right. The Royal Bay. <laughs> who are they? So in, in this alternate universe that you've created, um, you also shared with me something that's super real to me. And that is you talked about what, what's most effective in your mind is not survival of the fittest, but survival of the most collaborative. I love that. I wrote that down as a direct quote. Could you explain what you mean by survival of the collaborative? Of the most collaborative? Right. So, you know, to me, the whole concept of survival of the fittest really pits people against each other. Mm -hmm. like who's right. stronger? Who's going to win? And it's that polarity that I think we are suffering from, like, you know, globally, mm -hmm. where it's, um, you know, this group versus that group, these beliefs versus those beliefs. But there's, there seems to be throughout history, and, you know, I'm in my own life specifically, there are was a time of a lot of crisis, health crisis, relationship crisis, where I really felt super alone. And I could, you know, I didn't feel like I was the fittest by any means. Mm -hmm. And so what, but what happened was I just, I realized I can't do this alone. I have to reach out. I have to reach out, even though I feel 
uh, you know, at times like unworthy, depressed, anxious, like not my best self, I still have to make that effort out of love for myself and for those who care about me. And strength, um, Miko, when you ask for help, when you're vulnerable, you're really showing your strength, not your weakness. Thank you. Thank you. I definitely didn't see it at that time, but it it took strength because I was just like, what do I say when I was like, okay, I just got to open my mouth and start talking like, you know, and trust that my intention is going to come through. Yeah. And, um, and so what, what happened is over the period of the last decade where it's just been active healing, um, people have shown up to help me and they've, they've contributed their resources, opened their homes, like, shared, shared parts of themselves that like, I was just, you know, I felt so much gratitude. And it's such a, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a real gift that I was able to find that. And I because I felt like I came to a point where I realized this cancer survivor journey, and even other aspects of when life really challenges you to the mm -hmm. core. We need community then more than ever, but it's the hardest time to find yeah, community. Absolutely. And so this brings me to my next question, which is has to do with the theme of this podcast, and that is how you make self-care fun. You talked a little bit about your alternative universe, but what I'd like you to do, if you don't mind, is make some mm -hmm. suggestions for what other people can do to make self-care fun. I think it comes back to like, what do you do for fun or what's the last thing that you remember doing for fun mm -hmm. and all the way back to like when you were a kid what did you like to do for fun um you know for me i like to spin stories in my head okay. and that's how that that was fun for me okay. and um you know dancing was fun good Cook, cooking was fun mm -hmm. and then making jokes was fun and i think just it starts with that, that um, curiosity to yeah. find what's fun for you. Yeah. I liked playing teacher. When I was a really little kid, we had a room in our basement with a chalkboard. And I had these squeaky shoes that squeaked on the basement floor, just like my kindergarten teacher's shoes squeaked. <laughs> and that was fun for me. Now, I'm not sure how I can bring that playing teacher fun into self-care for myself, but I'm going to work on that. Um, I have... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know, you could uh, get a pointer stick and like just role play, like teaching yourself how to do something. Okay. I could do a cooking show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Myself. All right. That sounds like fun. That's a great suggestion for self-care. So listen, Miko, in the, in the moment that we have left, um, can you tell the listeners how we can all be of help to you? Well, the easiest way right now would be to go to follow my blog at mikohargit.com. I will Hargit. warn you, it's raw. It's, uh, you know, it's here and there. It's, um, but it's the place where I'm going to start focusing all, all of my uh, posts about the progress, you know, things about MikoCare, Mikoopolis, MikoCare design, Perfect. like the whole ecosystem you can find there. Perfect. Thank you so much for being my guest. My and pleasure. if anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm at mediationaroundthetable.com. Um, and we'll see you next month on the 15-Minute Mediator Podcast. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
PR Connections Radio thanks you for watching this podcast. Check out more episodes of this show and our others at prconnectionsradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.